She lost her mother to COVID. It was one of those very quick things. Her mother was sick one day, in hospital the next, and dead the third day. Her name is Marcela, and it was a huge shock for her. Not only because it was her mother, or because it was unexpected or very quick, but also because they, they lived together as adults and they were homemates. So when I saw her grieve, she was grieving like someone who had lost their husband or their wife or something like that. And I immediately, I started to call her and I would visit her, take her to coffee to see how she was doing because I knew it was a huge, a huge change for her. And she told me one time, she said, you know, I've gotten more peace. I figured that God wanted my mother's company. And so he took her. And that was the way that she explained her grief to herself. I don't know if you've been at many funerals, but people say the craziest things about people who've died. Oh yeah, they, be they became an angel. Have you seen that? Um, they've, they became a star. Some of the, um, when, when famous people die, some people say things about that. Last year, Queen Elizabeth died. And I have a quote here. It says, you've taught us everything except how to live in your absence, said someone. I hope you're watching us and eating your marmalade. So imagine the queen looking down at us here and eating her marmalade. Another famous person died a few months ago, Tina Turner. And they said, you're simply the best. Many flights of angels sing to her, but if I know Tina, she's leading the singing. And that was, people imagine famous people in heaven in a, in a past existence. I have a cartoon that was made uh, oops, what happened here? My slides aren't here. Okay. There was a cartoon of, of um, Pelé, and he died last year also, and he was making a goal. Okay, there it is. Making a goal to, to uh, St. Peter. It's a little bit of the way people laugh and grieve and think about our existence. And... In continuing the series that we've been looking at here at Union Church on the book of Mark, I would like to invite you to open your Bibles to Mark 12, 18 to 27. And, um, and we're going to, Jesus talks about the resurrection, and that's the, the subject of this section. Uh, in my Bible, it says marriage in the resurrection. Um, in my opinion, it doesn't talk so much about marriage. It talks mostly about resurrection. And that's, that's what we're going to be looking at. It's a pleasure to be here. I've been living in Guatemala for a year. Um, I've been coming to Union Church once a month since the beginning of this year. And I grew up in Union Church in Costa Rica. And so when I come here, my heart just thrives. Uh, it feels very much at home. And... Um, Good, so let's, 
read before I read it talks about the Sadducees the Sadducees was a, a political party in the temple and it was if it was in modern terms we'd say it was right it was very conservative so conservative that they didn't even believe the whole Bible was the whole Old Testament was inspired they only wanted to keep the Pentateuch the first five books as inspired and they were very conservative. They didn't believe in an afterlife. They didn't believe in miracles. They didn't believe in angels. They didn't believe in any of those things, um, including the resurrection. And partly because the reason for that was they didn't want to believe in the resurrection because the resurrection is dangerous. Why? Because when someone believes that if they die in this life, they're going to have something better, something to look forward to, they can do dangerous things. There's people in the world who say that if you blow yourself up, you get 70 wives and you get, you know. So that belief still happens. And the Sadducees didn't want to believe in those things. They wanted very conservative um, thoughts. So let, let me read the passage and then... Um, We'll see. Then the Sadducees, it says, who say there is no resurrection, came to him, to Jesus, with a question. Teacher, they said, Moses wrote for us that if a man's brother dies and leaves a wife but no children, the man must marry the widow and raise up offspring for his brother. Now there were seven brothers. The first one married and died without leaving any children. The second one married... Uh, the second one married the widow, but also he died, leaving no child. And the same with the third. In fact, none of the seven left any children. And last of all, the woman died too. At the resurrection, those whose wife will she be? Since all seven were married to her, Jesus replied, You are not in error because you... You are not in error because you do not know the scriptures or the power of God. When the dead rise, they will neither marry nor be given in marriage. They will be like the angels in heaven. Now, about the dead rising, have you not read the book of Moses in the account of the burning bush, how God said to him, I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. He is not the God of the dead, but the God of the living. You are badly mistaken. So let, may the God add his blessing to the reading of his word. The first part here is based on a system of welfare. Um, there we go. Welfare, we've, we're used to the government taking care of people who are in misfortune if there's a flood or if there's things going on. The government takes care of that. But in biblical times, well, what we've got in the Old Testament is all of the law. And how, does, how did the people of Israel take care of people in misfortune? And people in misfortune mostly, or very much with misfortune, were the women. Um, women could not own land, their testimony was not valid in court. Uh, 
series of things, and when a woman was left a wood widow with no kids, she was very desolate. And God s says in Psalm 146, he says, the Lord watches over the foreigner, the widow, and the orphan. God looks out for people who are in misfortune. And a quick takeaway for us is that we should also look out for people who are in misfortune because that's being God's image here on earth. This, the um, system of welfare was what they called Leverite marriage. And in Old Testament times, the ownership of land was very important because when Joshua uh, gave people the, the land of Israel, it was by families, by tribe. And so if a widow was, someone married somebody from one tribe and then she married someone from somewhat a different tribe, we would start to end up with holes in the tribe of Judah, the land of Benjamin, the land of of this and that, okay, Simeon, all of those. And so the, the welfare system was this Leverite marriage law, which for us in, our, in 21st century sounds bizarre, but that's the way they took care of, of the misfortunate people. And so the Sadducees, the, they didn't believe in the resurrection, but they come to Jesus with this resurrection question. And it's kind of a gotcha question. They want to they wanna prove something. And so they've, they've thought this through and they come to Jesus. Um, I'm not going to read the whole, the whole thing of the seven brothers. I'll just skip to verse 23. But they ask, at the end, they say, at the resurrection, whose wife will she be? So there's seven husbands over the years, and in the resurrection, when we come back to life, whose husband will she be? Since all seven were married to her. Basically, what they're saying, the resurrection is ridiculous. That's what they're, that's my summary of what's happening. They're, they're saying to Jesus, look, your resurrection idea is dumb. It's ridiculous. Because, and they have this hypothetical question that they, they come. And it makes me think, I've many times seen a, a child when, when their pet dies. I don't know if you've had that happen to you, but mommy, when is Fluffy coming back? And, and will he be in heaven? People, the kids are worried if they're going to have their dog or their cat or their rabbit in heaven. And most of us adults, yes, dear, uh, Fluffy will be in heaven waiting for you. Don't worry. And I started to think about this this week. And my mom is one of these people who's always had a dog. And her dog is, is like a younger brother to me because the way she loves her dog is, is extraordinary. And I started to count the first dog I remember and the second. I counted 10 dogs counting the one that's still alive. And I started to think, well, what would happen if my mother really had all these dogs in heaven? Let's say she's got two or three more dogs left. But 13 dogs doesn't sound like a heavenly experience to me. That's basically what these Sadducees were saying to Jesus with this Leverite marriage, a gotcha question. 
But Jesus' reply, of course, is genius. Verse 24. He says, Are you not in error because you do not know the scriptures or the power of God? So basically he's setting it up with two answers. Something from, from the Torah, from the Bible, and something about the power of God. And the, the power of God answer comes first. And basically, he's, what he's saying is, you don't know how, you have no idea God's resurrection power. And what that means is what he's saying. You see, when dead men, people rise, he says, they will neither marry nor be given in marriage. They will be like the angels in heaven. And so when people read this, be like the angels in heaven, they imagine that Grandma dies and then she gets wings and starts, you know, playing harps and living in clouds. And we've grown up with that. The cartoons say that and, and the re resurrection experience is confusing. But the resurrection is not life after death. Let me say that again. Resurrection is not life after death like we think of it. Okay, life after death right now is grandma is with Jesus, but she doesn't have a body. The resurrection is when grandma gets a body and begins a whole new level of existence. Okay, resurrection is not resuscitation, it's not reincarnation, let's start over, or even in the same life. Um, our resurrected future is not like the current future. It's something beyond. And so when Jesus is saying, you don't know the power of God, he says, you don't have any idea what we're waiting for. You have no idea what resurrection is like. And so he he um, basically, my summary of his answer is this, the resurrection is re-embodied life, but at a totally new level. And the way he explains this is with marriage. And he says, right now we need marriage and we need procreation and that's the current way that the world works since Genesis 1. But the new creation... We don't even need that. And I'm someone who likes marriage. I'm, you know, I've been married for, for 30 years. I love my wife and I like marriage and I think, you know, I don't, I'd like to be with her, you know, and, and, the, and, and that's, Jesus doesn't explain why there will be no marriage in the future. Perhaps for some people, it'll be like my mom's dogs. Which husband do you want? You know, you've got... <laughs> uh, that's not very heavenly, right? Marriage is, is something that's necessary in this creation, but not in the new creation for some reason. As I was reading this in several versions, I liked um, the message. I like reading the message just to get a perspective. And the message title, where my title in the Bible says, Marriage in the Resurrection, it says, our intimacies will be with God. 
That's cool. So Jesus is saying to them, you have no idea what the resurrection is going to be like. The resurrected dead, the, the resurrected dead, when, once we, we're resurrected, it's a whole new creation. We'll be transformed into a new body with no pain, but it'll be a real body. Touch yourself. Touch yourself. We'll have a body. It's not we'll be playing harps in heaven and having an eternal worship service. The, re the new creation is a totally new heaven and a new earth described to us at the end of Revelation. It's a re-embodied human existence to an entirely new level. Years ago, there was a TV program called Extreme Makeover, Home Edition. And basically, it was a, a show that they would find a family in misfortune and with a horrible house of, for some reason, the flood or whatever, and then they would rebuild it in a week. And so I watched, you can see a lot of these on YouTube. I watched one just this week and I loved it. Uh, pastor's wife with, I think it was five kids, four daughters and a son. Um, the pastor, all of a sudden, doing exercise, had a massive heart attack and died. And so the church, he, they lived in the parish, and the church had to ask them to leave the parish. And so she bought a mobile home, and the mobile home was one of these office mobile homes, because that's all that she could afford. So these six people lived in an office mobile home with no closets, and just a kitchenette, and it was a dump. And they were still grieving their, their dead father, dead husband from eight months ago. And these extreme makeover home edition people come and, and send them off to Florida for a week while they make them a new home. How many have seen this show or seen something like it? Okay. They make them a new home. And the whole show is when they put the bus in front of the family and they say, move that bus. And the bus moves out of the way and they, they film these ladies, these people looking at their new home. And then it's the whole reaction as they go into their bedrooms and into the things. And they've got designers that have, have uh, thought through. So for example, in this pastor and the, one of the daughters liked cowboy stuff. And so they got a sponsor to actually give her a the room had cowboy stuff and bullhorns here and there, and even a whole horse. She had a horse as a, as a, uh, what do you, a mascota, a mascot. And, and it was like, wow. You know, it was just totally new. Her face, her attitude was totally amazing. Um, the old mobile home house had one bathroom for five girls and a guy, and uh, the new one had this huge bathroom with two showers and a tub and four or five uh, sinks with mirrors each. So it was just totally new, extreme makeover. And you see these girls taking over their house, and it's that way. 
That's what I think the resurrected life is going to be for us. We're living in a, in a dump of a world compared to what God has for us. Heaven is not harps and clouds. Heaven is, the, Revelation says that heaven comes down and there's a new creation and there's a new world and we're going to have bodies and grandma's going to be there. I don't know if Fluffy's going to be there, but grandma's going to be there. But it's otherworldly, it's extreme, it's totally different. That's what Jesus is saying here. And it's in the Bible so that we can also have our hope and dream about that for us. So the resurrection is a re-embodied life at a totally new level. The second part of Jesus' answer, that was the you don't know the power of God part. Now it's you don't know the scriptures. Now he's talking to the Sadducees who, even though they were officially they had the whole Old Testament, they only really believed that inspired was the, was the uh, Pentateuch. So he, he, he answers, he says, now about the dead rising, have you not read the book of Moses, verse 26, in the account of the burning bush, how God said to him, I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. So he's saying, you don't know the scriptures because resurrection is very clear in the Old Testament, especially in the prophets. We've heard about Ezekiel's the valley of the dry bones, for example, and God brings these bones to life. I have a, one from, from Daniel 12, 2. It says, multitudes who sleep in the dust of the earth will awaken. Some to everlasting life and others to shame and everlasting contempt. It's talking about a resurrection that's ahead. It's a time when all of a sudden God's going to do something and those who are dead will rise and will be, go to judgment. Some to life, extreme makeover, home edition, and others to everlasting shame and contempt known mostly to, in the word of hell. But Jesus couldn't tell them of, that the resurrection is very clear in the Old Testament because that's prophets. And the Sadducees only thought that, that Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy were inspired. So he goes right to Exodus chapter 3. And he says, he says about he says, God is the God of Abraham, of Isaac, and Jacob. And he's implying, he says, Moses was getting this when Jacob had been dead for 170 years. And Jesus is just showing it's, if God is the God of these three dead guys, talking to your Moses, who wrote the Pentateuch, it's obvious that there's life after death. That's basically what Jesus is showing in the word here. And then he concludes and he says, He is not the God of the dead, but of the living. You are badly mistaken. 
I love thinking about the resurrection. I love thinking about our future. And I think we have a few conclusions here, and, and then I've got an illustration to close. First takeaway that I think we can have is let's believe the scriptures. Not like the Sadducees. Let's, if it says there that we're going to rise, let's believe it. Let's live like that. If it says there that Jesus is sovereign and something happened, we can believe that. Let's believe the scriptures. Number two, let's believe the power of God. Resurrection is a lot mind, more mind-blowing than we can imagine right now. And let's believe that God can do that, that he will do that. Let's have that faith in him. Those of us who have deposited our trust in the only one who brings salvation have that confidence that this is a guarantee. Jesus' resurrection was the first of many. Third takeaway, let's be dangerous Christians. The Sadducees were, were afraid of people who could give their lives away and with the hope of a better future. And that's what you and I actually can live in this life. We can give our lives away if we needed to. We can live like there's hope for something amazing. And even if you're in suffering now, and even if, you know, you have to be martyred, we lose nothing and gain everything. That's what's waiting for us. Let's be dangerous Christians. When I was a kid, my family intimate meal was breakfast. And still, when I go to Costa Rica, and I, have, I like to have breakfast with my mom and dad. And that's, that's the time that we would, it was our longest meal. It was the time when we would sh laugh and share and, and all that. And part of breakfast, breakfast, my mom would almost always make, it was cereal and fruit. It wasn't a fancy meal. It was an intimate meal. And the fruit, of course, being in Costa Rica, would change season to season. So when it's mango season, we would have mangoes, you know, seven days a week for a while. And then, then it was uh, papaya season or melon season. And uh, so I, I grew up liking papayas. How many of you like papayas? Okay. I brought some papaya today. And, mm, looks good. Mmm, looks good. How many would you like a spoonful of papaya seeds? No? Why not? The DNA of this and this is exactly the same. Exactly the same. It's the same fruit. I washed it, so I can give you a nice... Uh... It's the same thing, but it, this is totally a new level. I want to close reading... Oops. 
Reading 1 Corinthians 15, it says, But someone will ask, How are the dead raised? With what kind of body will they come? How foolish! What you sow does not come to life unless it dies. When you sow, you do not plant the body that will be, but just the seed of perhaps wheat or papaya or something else. This is what's sown. Verse 40. There are also heavenly bodies and there are earthly bodies. But the splendor of the heavenly body is one kind and the splendor of the earthly body is another. Our lives here are just the seed of a much more glorious future. That's what awaits for us. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. Thank you for the hope that you've given us. Thank you for passages like this, Lord, that we can think about the resurrection, Lord. And we want to be people who believe in the scriptures, who believe in your power, your power to recreate the world, extreme makeover, totally new, amazing. And we want to live with that hope. And Father, we pray, Lord, that we can be people who live with the resurrection in mind and know that we can give our lives away we can give our lives away in missions or in whatever knowing that there is a eternal hope of a resurrection for us Lord thank you Father God Amen.